Welcome to the very, very, very strongest One Piece podcast. I am your host, Bill, and I'm here with my Nakama on this voyage through One Piece, Justin Parentoni and Louis Machino. Every week we go over the... Oh, hold up. He's got a Yarg? Who's got a Yarg? yarg? Oh, you got a Yarg. I didn't say that. That was was a different pirate. I didn't know there was going to be a Yarg involved, but... That was Pirate Craig. Every week we bring our Yargs and our Nakama along with us to go through this legendary voyage. One piece at a time. Uh, Today we're covering episodes 31 through 37, which is the first half of Arlong Park. He said it. It's in the name. You know, some behind the scenes of the podcast. We're recording this on Father's Day. I gotta get Justin a gift. So I did the pun. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, that was you know what? That's a nice gift. That was that was a very nice gift. That's that's and it's been a great Father's Day. Uh so far. And that was a nice little uh send off to the last couple hours. Yeah, of my my Father's Day weekend. Um you know, but uh thank you, Bill. Sure. Uh, I mean I'm glad one of us having a good Father's Day. Yeah, I know. Why are you you mad? What's going on? I'm a little salty, you know. I got a little salt going on. Tell us about this salt. Bill's been talking about this salt for the last like eight eight hours. A little salt has been sprinkled on me on my little you know, I'm I'm not a father. Is that why but you're salty? Salt, is that you're but, not some salt, but some salt has been sprinkled on my Father's Day. It truly has. Okay. Tell us. Tell us what's going so, on. You know, it started off good. Woke up, spoke to my family on the phone. Everyone's doing good. Started watching One Piece with Lou. We, we got through these episodes. It was good. We'll talk about it. it is, okay, it's better than good. That's great. great. Some great episodes. And then Lou's like, all right, before the podcast, I'm going to take a nap. Uh, for five hours, which as he does, <laughs> and I was like, "All right, that's just enough time for me to finish my playthrough of Shadow of the Colossus." Oh boy, here it comes. <laughs> that's where I was wrong. That's where I was dead fucking wrong. And I got some shit to say about Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, oh, welcome from my five-hour nap to Bill just being like, "What? Just do the fucking jump! Just do the fucking jump!" <laughs> Did they switch hey. it to triangle again? Like, <laughs> Oh, they might as well have. They, okay, Justin, have you played the remastered version, or did you? No, no, no. I have the remastered version. Yeah, I haven't finished it, but uh, I, I okay, played the. Remastered. Okay, this is the question I was going to ask you, because I was ready to catch you in a fucking lie right now. I got to be honest, because uh, first question is, have you beaten Shadow of the Colossus? No. A- in, on either version. On either version, no. Okay. I always get to uh, like six. I always get about six bosses in, and then something happens. There you go. Pod, uh, podcast listeners, Justin is a very honest man. He spoke no lies there, because if he would have told me that he beat this whole game without ever looking at a guide, we got to come for him. He's a fucking liar. That, that'd be some lying-ass shit if he said that. But if I, if I said I beat any game without looking at a guide, <laughs> I would be a fucking liar. Because well, I'm 100% okay. setting that shit. So here's the thing. I've been playing Shadow of the Colossus up till about boss five. I was amazed with this game. I was just like, 
obviously there's some janky controls to it still. Um, there's some goofy stuff with it. It feels a little like gummy and weird. But overall, I would say I would say I think the bird is boss number five. I'd say that's one of the best boss fights in any video game. I thought that I thought the presentation was amazing. I thought it didn't overstay its welcome. It had this great sense of it had this great sense of space and weight and velocity and epicness. Yeah, and there's bird. it's definitely there's a very epic feeling to when that bird comes. Not that the like every boss isn't sort of like its own epic fight, but when that bird is coming, like it is there it's very accomplishing feeling when even even just getting onto that bird feels great it feels great and even when you fall off of it into the water below it's punishing but it doesn't feel like a horrible punishment it's not a huge time waster Mm -hmm. that's where things start to change because some of these bosses are such time wasters and i got to boss 11 last night and it was one of the worst boss fights i've ever fought um it was just so unbearably annoying and here's the thing with Shadow of the Colossus is it's not a difficult game. No. And when you're in a boss fight, most of the boss fight is how can I get on the boss the boss's back and then the boss is going to wiggle around a little bit and my guy's going to flail around. But my character, I'm actually not doing anything. There's no buttons that I have to press to stay on. I have to just hold the shoulder button, like the R2. Mm-hmm. As long as I hold R2... It doesn't matter. You're really, you're the boss really good, yeah. six fucking backflips in a row. As long as you're holding that R2, you're good to go. And so there's really not a gameplay choice that you're making when the boss is filling around. You're just annoyed. We it's have enough stamina. Uh, it's a stamina thing. The stamina is normally not... It's not that big of a deal, but it's not Breath of the Wild stamina-like factor. This is another like... thing I was thinking while I'm playing. Yeah, go ahead and sorry. No, no, it's I, I, I was thinking it was uh, about similar stamina things, and it's, it's like uh, getting your stamina up in Breath of the Wild, where it's like, no, like I have like three, se- I'll be able to get right over this rock right here, and then you fall off, and you're like, did not time that right, but you feel it's your fault, not the game's fault. Uh, only except for in Breath of the Wild, when it's raining, everything sucks, and I don't know oh, yeah, why no, they. It's, uh... Breath <laughs> it's like of the Wild. Life. If we're going to go on a tangent with on the Breath of the Wild for a second, the only reason that rain exists in Breath of the Wild is to make it so you can't have fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess I just can't climb anything. That's incredible. Like, that's so exciting. Um, playing Shadow of the Colossus, I feel like this is where Breath of the Wild got some inspiration from. I know Shadow of the Colossus was inspired by Zelda for sure, but then oh, you can yeah. see where they took back inspiration from shadow of the colossus and in some ways shadow of the colossus does some things better than breath of the wild uh especially with the presentation of the boss fights because jesus christ breath of the wild some of the worst boss fights in any zelda game by a a a huge margin not their Uh, not their strong suit but they got some fucking great horse physics the (laughs) physics the physics of breath of the wild the engine is amazing it's one of the best physics engines I've ever seen in a game. Yeah. And it has a lot of things going for it, but one thing it does not have going for it is boss fights. All of those boss fights suck. That Ganon boss fight is one of the most, like, in terms of presentation is kind of impressive, but in terms of 
actual gameplay as one of the most snooze fest bosses of any game. Um, you heard it here uh, first, folks. Yeah, there you go. Fest. Snooze I fest. I said it. Like, comment, and subscribe for more hot takes on Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Put it on the box. It's so a snooze my... fest, Bill Ellis. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, Bill. <laughs> I lo- no, I do love the game, but those bosses are. Those bosses but that's are the quote they would get. That was the quote yeah. they would put on the back of the box. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Total snooze fest. <laughs> to be fair, I would give Breath of the Wild probably like an 8 or 9 out of 10. I think it's really good. Um, uh, that's uh, I I I can't I, I I won't lie. No matter what issue I have with that game, and everything he says is is just like you know I uh, I understand every single thing. That game is still a uh, ten out of ten for just me trucking through that game. So I could not put that game down, no matter what was hap- what, what bullshit was happening what? in the game. Yeah, that's I I couldn't put that thing down. It's all oh, the I agree. It's a curry you can make. Yeah. I never made one curry. It was all I did an all vegan playthrough. All I ate was fruit. Curry's I vegan. for fruit and and veggies. Oh, I did a whole vegan playthrough. Is it... Yeah, because when I realized like, oh, you have actually. to you have to get the food by hunting deer and stuff, I was like, I'm not gonna hurt those deer. I'm not gonna do not today. that. Not today. Fast forward to you playing Shadow of the Colossus. Okay, so Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> all right, Justin, you know about the ending of Shadow of the Colossus, right? Uh, I've heard vague, uh, like you know, okay. I, I, I've I won't heard, spoil I've anything. Heard... Then no, 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 no. You can, you can spoil the. the well, I don't. The, is it is it okay to spoil the ending to a video game on an anime podcast? Is that okay? Uh, well, I mean, the game is like what, ten years old. I mean, the game is like twenty years old. The... Yeah, that's like spoiling the ending of the Sixth Sense. It's kind of like what? On you. <laughs> what happened to Bruce what Willis? Is he okay? I still haven't finished the last 10 minutes of it. Uh, but, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Uh, we'll take timestamps and, you know, uh, we'll put it in the podcast notes. You know, if you don't want uh, Shadow of the Colossus spoilers, uh, just uh, check your podcast uh, feed and, we'll, and it'll tell you when we go into uh, Shadow of the Colossus spoilers and we stop. So, right. so I just shadow the Colossus. Last night I play up to boss eleven. I find this to be one of the most annoying bosses I've ever fought. It it has this way, and this is a, one of my critiques of Shadow of Colossus in general. It has this way of like posing a riddle to you, and it gives you a hint, which is normally enough to solve it. But what takes me out of it is sometimes I'll know basically what the solution is. But when I try to execute that solution, the boss does not trigger any kind of animation signifying that I'm on the right track. Oh, and, okay. And I'll be like, oh, well, I think this is the answer, and I'll try it, and it's just not working. And then I'll be like, what the fuck? And so I'll go look it up. I'm like, I- I'm totally stumped. I don't want to spend three hours fiddling out this same boss, because it's just not going to be that fun to do that. So I'll, I'll just look it up and I'll finish this boss fight and go to the next one. Yeah. Cheating. Is what yeah. You're saying. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so I'll look it up. I'm being smart. And the solution that I thought was right is the right solution. But for some reason I didn't, I didn't do it in the, the specific way that you need to do it, that the boss, needs to be facing a certain way or I don't know. It's just like all these goofy little things. And that takes me out of it because then I start having to go into a boss fight thinking, okay, if I find the right solution, I also have to think about 
all the goofy ways that the boss, like the basically the coding of the boss, would have to recognize that I'm doing the right Trigger thing. Trigger you doing the right thing. Yeah, and even with the, so I had that trouble with boss number six, the the horse one. Uh, I definitely had that with the 11th boss and then when i was on my way to the 12th boss i had like <laughs> some goofy thing happen where i fell down a waterfall twice even though i and you have to just run through five minutes of empty space you're like should i put on a podcast should i put on the very 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 strongest one piece yes podcast always on repeat do this yeah that's <laughs> uh, that's the right answer because otherwise you're bored as fuck like i was i'm like i don't know i like this is so boring that i'm running across this landscape and so I just put it down last night, jumped back into it after these episodes uh, that we watched today of One Piece, and I thought that I would get through the game before we started recording. I had about three hours to play. I got through most of the bosses, but I'm stuck on the last boss, which it's not really being stuck as much as it's this boss is just like the epitome of everything that I think is wrong with Shadow of the Colossus, where it's this amazing looking, like Lou came out and he was like, this is amazing. And I was like, I wish I felt that way <laughs> because it, what's on screen is absolutely stunning and amazing and a great presentation. But what's on screen was you just flailing around getting shaken on a giant. That's what he was talking about being amazing. He said that was yeah. the most amazing. Thing. like, Oh man, this is incredible. I wish we, I wish we could do amazing. this in real life. Meanwhile, Bill screaming. It looks amazing. But yeah, then your character, you're trying to climb up this, like the biggest giant of all giants. And you're trying to climb up it, and your dude is just flailing around, and he can't walk straight. Like, literally, he's tripping, and then you fall off the whole giant. It's like a like a 60-meter fall, and you have to climb all the way back up. It takes two full minutes just to climb all the way up. You get knocked off every five seconds. It's just like... And you, the thing is, your character doesn't die from the fall, so you don't get punished in that way, but it's just a waste of your time. It's like a perpetual time waster, and that, in a way, feels worse. Yeah, um, I, I I understand what you're I understand what you're getting at, uh, especially with, I mean, and then there's another part side of me where it's like, well, the game is all boss fights, so it's not like you're wasting your time like grinding or doing other stupid shit that you'd be doing in another game. So yeah. I think to myself, am I really wasting my time? I mean, I am wasting my time, but is it so bad that in something else? I would be fucking killing 8,000 orcs so I can get maybe them to drop a crystal that I can turn in to make a better sword so I can go kill 8,000 more orcs faster. I don't know. But uh, no, I, I know what you're saying. Kind that... of slogs are different because those are the kind of slogs that you know what you're getting into. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'll it. just put yeah, on a podcast. It's... I'll put on some music or something and mm-hmm. just, just go right through it. But I like if I'm going to spend a long time on a boss fight, I want it to be the kind of a boss fight where it's very execution heavy and like input heavy where I'm like, you know, the bosses. That's why I like the bosses of like Bloodborne or Dark Souls, where it's like I have to learn a pattern. I have to execute on that pattern perfectly. I have to, you know, come up with, you know, oh, maybe I learned that there's a slightly better way to do this pattern and losing is part of it on it. Yeah, Yeah. like whereas. Whereas with the bosses in Shadow of Colossus, it's find the little weak area that's glowing so it's not super stealth or anything. It's like you just find it and then you just stab it. And then that's normally you just do that three times and that's the end of the boss fight. And, you know, it's not execution heavy. You find the spot 
you climb up to it. Normally, the it's like a puzzle to get to get to that spot. That's it's a puzzle game. It's it's not it's not so much like a. a... It's barely even a puzzle from what I've seen. Like literally, no, it's just it's, like it's, there's a blue spot. It, climb to yeah. it, but that's once you're on it. <laughs> it, it. It's it's a little bit more of a puzzle. Getting there the is the fight. is the puzzle. Uh, like the first time you do it, it's learning, like the mechanics of like climbing up to do that thing because it's pretty obvious where the weak point is but then uh as you go through the game it's how the hell am i gonna get to that weak point on this big old monster like you know and make sure i'm holding on at the right time like you know when he decides to take a giant step and i don't want to fly off his his back leg or whatever but uh now I know what you're saying, Bill. So without without getting into, but I will say that there's nothing that gives me more pleasure than seeing you upset. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, I know that that's true. That's true of anyone who sees me play yeah. games. That's how you know he's having fun, though. That's also true of anyone who plays games against me because I'm always uh, a fucking dick in any game I play. Yeah, like this weekend when we were playing uh, WWF No Mercy on Nintendo 64. It, it was like it got to a point where it just Everybody who was like playing with us, we were all just teaming up on Bill and just beating his ass. Yeah, because they, they were mad because I was playing as Mae Young, who's like an old woman wrestler, and I was beating the shit out of everybody. And you like, weren't even playing as a... China. That's... No, he was playing as Mae Young, ninety-year-old woman with the stamina of like a fifteen-year-old bodybuilder. Just taking us out in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it was a Royal Rumble. It was like a 16-man Royal Rumble. I won with just Mae Young. Never changed characters. Never lost. I won. I beat all 16. All 16. I, I will say, though, it was never so satisfying <laughs> to team up with uh, our buddy Mike to beat Bill's ass as me playing Mr. Ass. And like, so was Mike. Yeah, and they were both playing as Mr. Ass. <laughs> this whole gimmick. I'm doing my special move on Bill. He's just like knocked out cold on the ring. And Mike, who's also playing as Mr. Ass, um, he's got like an animation where you could just moon the person. So we're just mooning Bill while beating his ass. Oh, it's super it's funny because sight. Um, WWF No Mercy for N64, this is the kind of game that if you're losing at, there's like, you're, you're, as you lose, you're continuing, you're continuing to lose worse. Like, you... In a game like Smash Brothers, if someone's going 2v1, if you're good enough and like you're at a high enough skill cap above them, you can probably still win because you can like juke them out or like do all these things. In WWF No Mercy, there's not really a chance for that. If two people are ganging up on you, it's like they can just like No Mercy. You, yeah, they can just knock you out of any like attack animation and then like it, they just and then like once they get you on the ground and they're both stomping you like you're basically <laughs> the end of the game yeah, it's the end yeah. of the game for you <laughs> yeah it, it actually had the uh, our roommate had like the best tactic too he just kept going oh my controller's not working it's not working and then when somebody was down on the floor he'd pin them and get them out <laughs> <laughs> my controller's not working are you sure it's plugged in i don't know if it's plugged in right or is, is this controller broken and then like goes for the pin and like knocks out three people <laughs> That's first of all. That is the most uh, pro wrestling move I've ever seen in my entire life. That, 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 that is that is that is the ultimate. Oh no! Chair, boom! <laughs> he goes and he knocks him over, and you're like, "My God, my God!" <laughs> yeah, Jim oh, Ross I, moments. I, I do. We're getting off off the subject of uh, Shadow of Colossus, which is fine. 
But we promised the subject uh, of One Piece. <laughs> we promised the people a spoiler, so I do want to include a spoiler okay. for anyone who was looking forward to a spoiler. The horse dies. Ah. Oh, and uh, you know, up to that point, some of my most frustrating moments were the horse not doing the right shit. And so I knew I I was kind of spoiled to that going in. I knew that that was one of the only things I knew about the game is the horse dies. And up until right before the horse died, I was like, I can't wait for this fucking horse to die. This fucking piece of shit ass horse doesn't do anything right. All the it like doesn't take me the right way. It's never there when I need it. Like this horse sucks. Well, when that horse died and it actually fell off, like it falls off a cliff and I was just like. Oh, okay. I feel bad and I'm sad. <laughs> I'm actually sad. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. It's like, I remember when my first horse died in Red Dead Redemption. Um, uh, Gasolina. Uh, uh, she. Hey, what's the horse's name? Oh, the Gasolina. Yeah. No, she fell right off a cliff. And usually, sometimes they, uh, usually they come back, like, or they're not Good completely that's dead. A top 10, that's a, a top 10 killers of horses. Of, yeah, I know. No, especially in <laughs> Red Dead, but. That's one jumped of them. off the horse, and for some reason she kept going. <laughs> Gasolina, no! Um, but I don't gasolina. <laughs> then I had to go down. The worst part was having to go down to the bottom of the cliff to get She's my stuff. Right. Oh, damn. I had to take the... oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, babe. Sorry. <laughs> it's. I was just looking for an animation to brush her while she was laying down one last time. The only horse I ever had that died in a video game was uh, it was my first time ever playing Skyrim. And I was like so pumped because all I ever wanted to do was play Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I must have drank like 12 beers while I was playing. <laughs> and I blacked out and I woke up the next morning and the game was still on. And I'm standing outside of a cave surrounded by like 10 dead bodies and one of them was my horse and I'm pretty sure I did that. Okay, do you know what do you know what all of these horses have in common besides being dead? They can't double jump, not a single one of them. Can't fucking double jump. Yeah, well, your fucking arrow couldn't double jump. You saw him go off the fucking mountain. He yeah. one jumped it. No, that is true. I could probably put a mod and there's probably a mod in uh Red Dead, where you can make him double or fly, just straight up fly. Shoot straight yeah. up. Straight up unicorn mod. Oh man, that'd be fucking awesome. Actually, let me go and see if we can go fly. But no, right, I'll do that later. All right, <laughs> getting back on topic. So we'll we'll close the spoilers section. Uh, and now let me go. Uh, More spoilers, but I did want to make sure we got a spoiler in there because I know some of the fans, some of the listeners, them. they're like, yeah, well, like I didn't, only, I didn't come actually. to this One Piece podcast to not hear a uh, Shadow Colossus spoiler. Here's another yeah. spoiler. Uh, we were all talking before the podcast, and we figured out what the One Piece was, or what it is. Oh, man. It's a pair of Skechers. Uh, let me tell you something. Let's get a word from our sponsors. Bill, take it away. Thank you, Bill. All right, now that we're back from our sponsors, like, those are for the Patreon listeners. Like, obviously, you guys are all top tier. Uh, listeners, and you get yeah, to skip the ads you, because you pay the money. Listener, there's not going to be any ad there, so... There you go. Done. You guys are in the clear. Yeah, I mean, speaking of spoilers, though, honestly, like, it's so hard being so hyped on this show and wanting to Google things that are One Piece, but I can't, because... Can't do it. Everything's going to ruin it. 
I mean, even like the Skechers uh, comment, like Bill was saying, like, oh yeah, uh, Skechers made like a one piece shoe. He's like, oh, wait, don't Google it. There's there's spoilers on the shoe. I'm like, well, oh, here's God. actually, I'll, 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 I think this is a good transition into episode 31, which is the episode we're starting with. We get the first mention, we get the first introduction of the, we get them to discussing the Shishibukai, the seven warlords of the sea. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was that mm-hmm. was pretty fucking awesome. That, yeah. I was like, oh, first of all, especially when they give me numbers, and I'm like, oh, there's oh, yeah. fucking numbers. Oh, yeah. All the time, anything with numbers is awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm exact. I'm the same way. The first time I saw this, I was like, seven. That means we're gonna see seven, and then we only we only seen seven. one. Like, let me get let me get a pen out. Let me get it. That's the first thing I did. I was like, let me get. Let me, I seven. had to stop the. Sh- I had to stop the episode. Run upstairs. Make sure I had my notebook. So I can write down with my good pen because I have a good pen, and I, 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 I just see right there. I was like, "All right, let me see. Maybe let's see who could be. This is is Goldie Rogers still? No, he's not because he's dead. All right, so that's not. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I well, didn't even want to ask. First, mm-hmm. We get the first mention of Jim Bay. Jimbei. You yes. won't meet for quite a long time, but he is on one of the Skecher shoes. And when I saw that they had a Jimbei colorway for these Skechers, because the, they they oh, for the listeners, if you don't know, Skechers did make some one piece signature Skechers. Like they were like colorways, and they would have like a character illustration on the side, I think. And there was a Jimbei colorway. And when I saw like, it's one thing to say, oh, we have a Luffy colorway, because if you're gonna do a one piece shoe of course you're gonna have a luffy colorway that's gonna be the the live ones yeah but we also get i'm gonna name a couple characters you guys don't know here we're gonna we get trafalgar law great colorway we get whitebeard one of my favorite characters in one piece can't wait for you guys to meet him and we also have a jimbe colorway and i when i saw that there was a jimbe colorway i was like bill bill first of all first of all that's you didn't say anything about a shank colorway and you know that's if there's not one then yeah, we're going to cancel it? our sponsorship with Skechers because there's yeah, not. I, a... I hear what you're saying, but imagine how powerful these shoes. But would you're have not to be. though. No. <laughs> imagine how powerful these shoes would have to be for them to be a Shanks colorway. Yeah, well, I guess the true. S is not Shanks because yeah, like why would you not though? Why would you not? You get like the big wedges too. It's, they changed the the outro, or they they switched the uh, like the outgoing themes on the episodes, like around uh, this time. I think a couple episodes before this, but uh, and like just for like the couple of seconds before it automatically skips to the next episode, it was I was like, oh no, Shanks is there! Look at everybody! Look at Shanks! I was telling my wife, and she was like, I don't know that guy's. <laughs> I said, get out of here! Come on, let's go, Shanks! You're like, put it on your life. Put it on your put life. Your life, life. On. Put your life on it, babe. And I held a gun to my head. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, this was, was I was getting super, super pumped about it. Just like um, you know, I see these sales with uh, Pirate Warriors three. I'm like Pirate Warriors four. I was like, oh, oh man, I can be playing a shank right now. <laughs> Should I buy these spoilers? Should I buy these spoilers? I, I pay for my spoilers. I pay for mine. All right. Uh, but no, it's a let's uh yeah we get the first like you know they do the seven warlords right and like uh me and Bill were both saying so the uh Bill it, t- 
tell me if I'm I'm mistaken. So th- the idea is that these seven warlords are almost government-sanctioned pirates. Here's the right? easy way to think about it, and I'm gonna because I'm a fucking weeb and a One Piece nerd. I'm gonna say Shishibukai, which is basically the Japanese translation uh, of warlords. So if you see it on the subtitles, it's gonna be warlords, but I'm gonna just say Shishibukai because that's how that's you know the translation that I have had and. Okay. That's just how I think of it. So if you hear me say Shibukai, that's the same thing as a warlord for, you know, any other, like that's, if you talk with the One Piece, like for any first time listeners or first time watchers of the series. It's like saying Nakama. Yeah, it's like saying Nakama is. is I actually say friends, they say Nakama, and it's not warlord. It's Shishibukai. Shishibukai. Yeah, so I'm going to do that. But yeah, so basically, the easy way to think about the Shishibukai is. When you think about like some mafias being in with the government, you know, like in like in U.S. history or like you know, or in like yeah, yeah, uh, was... mafia being involved in in local politics or something like that. This is like how the Shishibukai are with the the world government. It's basically like we have a contract with these pirates that. You know, we're not going to fuck with you, but if we need you for some kind of, like, military might or any kind of operation, you know, that we need you for, that that you might specialize in or something, we're going to utilize you for that. And you have to, like, be there to assist on that. Well, what I was actually thinking about when they were bringing it up was uh, privateers, which are government-sanctioned pirates. Uh so that's like that's historically accurate like to like an ex- uh, to a legal extent where these uh pirates would be like a legally uh authorized by the government to basically be pirates to enemy uh vessels it's like you could do pirate stuff all you want and you'd have a safe harbor here as long as you um basically are being pirates against uh people we don't like uh sure. so yeah. basically the that's same, a, yeah yeah that's which is very interesting and maybe when we do a special edition episode on master and commander you get to see a chase of some privateers but that would be uh that would be a spoiler for another time okay one of the other fun things about the shishibukai is that they don't have current bounties so what's really fun with when with power scaling them is when you get to see what their former bounty was because that's what leads to a really fun argument of like okay that was their former bounty so are they theoretically their bounty would be higher now and so yeah that that that's another fun thing with them is uh there are times you know we don't get to see them very often but we do see them all within the series and um this is also you can also think of it like well, okay, I'm not, that's actually going to be all I'm going to say about that. There's no reason to say more at this time. So, And we, and we do know that uh, Hawkeye is one of them too, right? Yeah, Hawkeye yeah. is the first one that we've seen. And that also gives a, a power scaling for how strong the kind of level they're at. are. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, we, all, we all love it, the, the world building there. And you kind of hinted at it last episode, uh, or you said this is where it really starts to kick in. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is uh the arc that breaks my heart. 
I don't know about you, Justin. How'd you feel? Just uh, this is uh, I was so uh, I, I was this one was leaving me in a downer. Like it, 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 it the episode that I'm so uh, behind the scenes, behind the kimono. Uh, Bill picks what episodes we stop at because um, he knows like what a good stopping point would be. I'm so glad he picked this episode and not the episode before. Because this episode ends with a really hype moment that I would, or these, that a episode. Moment, like, yeah, like a, gets you real fucking hype. You're like, woo! Yeah, like Reservoir oh, Dogs. Go get him, Sanji. Go get him, beat his ass, Sanji. Uh, Cook with that salt. Yeah, but uh, let's not skip to the end. Let's uh, let's uh, uh savor some of the, the early beginning. parts. Yeah. Like when you get to see Luffy's drawing of the fishmen. Oh, that <laughs> which, was so fucking funny. Which gets me every time where where he's like trying to draw like Nami as a mermaid, and he just draws literally like it's like a minnow with legs and and hair <laughs> like bangs. <laughs> it says the word Nami. <laughs> well, first and he's Sanji gets super pissed about it. First he's yeah, well, first he's draws just the the uh the fish with the people legs or the other way around. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it was the... the it was like a fish with people legs. legs. <laughs> the fish with legs. And he, <laughs> Sanji thinks it's funny. And then he he turns the picture and he goes, does it look like this? He goes, you just turned the picture <laughs> You just rotated it. And then when he's talking about maybe Nami is a mermaid and he shows the picture again, same exact picture, but with hair. It's <laughs> of <So> Nami. <laughs> Uh, and I, we didn't get to talk about this last time. I love Sanji's like uh, infatuation with a uh, with Anami. This like he he's yeah, completely in love with her. This, but uh... yeah, I think I think they can run that joke a little too hard sometimes. Or I think actually I think one of the things that they do a little too much with with Sanji is the kind of like him being horny or whatever. Um, I mean, him, him being a, a full yeah, but then you get the name. You get the nickname Love Cook out of it, which I think is totally worth it. What I like the most is when he calls her Nami Swan. So instead of saying Nami San, which is like, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know all the little honorifics or whatever they're called at the end of a name in, in Japanese, but like Nami, he, like Nami San, I think is like, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know if it's like an honorific that's supposed to be like, uh, in a, a term of endearment or, or if it's a term of respect because i know i'm pretty sure kun is is a term of endearment like if you like because like nami will call sanji sanji kun i think that's a term of endearment um but... it's mister it's uh when you oh, say san yeah when you say san it's so so if you say uh nami san so it's like miss miss nami well yeah so he calls her nami swan instead of san so that's like his little uh and then yeah, I don't know. It's just no, it's a little cute. cute, little cute twist. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think that's 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 super cute. It's and you know that's that's I like that. I I like that. And he, it's not he's not like uh, you know uh uh where you see sometimes uh, shows go where they're like uh, perverts. You know that's that's where yeah. it kind of breaks well. down to. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I hear but what uh, but uh, he's yeah. I I do I do enjoy. I just enjoy that kind of uh, 
flip on Sanji being so cool. Like Sanji's just so cool all the time. And then when he's talking about how he's completely like, like a door, just infatuated. Yeah. You know what else uh, I thought was a cute uh, little flip was a little kid running up to Nami and being like, they killed my dad. And then Nami just beats this little kid's ass and pays him. Like, just like me. money, which, which I thought was, you know, it's an interesting thing yeah. when you get that. She like her whole thing is about gathering money. Uh, even before you get the reveal of why. Yeah. And so she gives this kid money and you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. There's a lot of things in this arc that specifically, obviously with like Nami being who she is and in the situation she's in. I love how much they played with like perception. Like, is she bad? Is she not bad? Like, okay, I kind of think I know her motive, but then she's doing this. Like, even down to that where it's like, you know, Nami is all about the money, but she hands this kid like a stack of money um and like even with like the straw hats too like one of them thinks she murdered Usopp and like tells the guys you know and then you've got Zoro who's like he's flipped because he's like oh man I think she's actually like with them but then he's just like this moment of her like showing that she's not with them and he's like plays off that yeah yeah, that moment of hesitation, he like calls her out on her bluff. I, I love how much they did that in this arc, and like yeah. even Nami doing it to herself, you know. Yeah, there's a so they do. There's a couple of different things, and they've done this before in the show where a uh, character doesn't know what their true nature is, but their nakamas, for lack of a better term, do. Like you know, Luffy knows. Zoro knows that uh, Nami's not like you know, like you know that he's a, he he calls the bluff. Um, and I'm thinking about Usopp, and I don't know if Usopp I, knows. I, I don't think. I mean, obviously, when he gets not stabbed the that's uh that's a clear indication but uh episode even ends with him walking down the beach he's like am i a ghost well you don't know who that is when he's going down the beach and when they go down the beach and i and i called him Bagman, and i was like (laughs) oh we're gonna learn about this bag man (laughs) there's gonna be another big bad Yeah, you're disappointed. You're like, oh man, it's just Usopp. I was hoping to get. Oh, man. I was hoping he turned that off and it would be Shanks. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, it's he up to. I think it was but, like uh, the first two episodes, two of this arc is just so fucking hilarious. It, between yeah. like Usopp getting uh, um, confused for like a fish man because of his nose. Yeah, that's. I, I do. I did enjoy that. That's. They thought, they thought of him similar to Arlong. Oh no, he just has a, a really big. <laughs> He's kind of like a fish man. He's almost one. I like how this. Uh, I mean, the first couple of episodes, still Luffy gets uh, like a uh, Usopp's almost the main character. It's like you know he's kind of he leading. The, he's Captain Usopp at his, uh for a bit. Yeah, what a great, great depiction of him as captain too. When uh, they tie up Zoro. And the fishmen jump in the water, and they're like, "Bail!" Yeah, he's like, "Later." <laughs> he's like, "They will draw me as like, you know." This would be uh, mm-hmm. this picture would be entitled Usopp's Great Adventure. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I'll tell Luffy uh, Zoro fought hard, but we lost him." 
but we lost him. Oh, gosh, this, this, this Us- uh, Usopp is. I actually have a couple of shout outs to Usopp this episode, these this these few episodes, because I really liked him. Um, uh, this arc. What were your standout uh, Usopp moments? Um, I would say when he's standing on top of that building and he does that. I have eight thousand yeah. uh, uh, crew. I'm like, that's you fucking get it, Usopp. Like in it's like he fucking get these guys away like you know he's trying to protect these people um and then i also noticed like several times i'm like usopp great debuff character he's like not offensive like you know in terms of being a character but great you know uh you know when he does the smoke um or he does some sort of other special move yeah, like where... the exploding star where he like he saved uh Gensun. Exactly. Yeah. Genzo, so yeah. Yep. Yeah, so he, he does a lot of that kind of stuff, which I thought was uh very interesting in utilizing him as a as a character. That's an interesting way to put him as as like a debuff character, because I think that is sort of his his thing, is a lot of his attacks are almost inconveniences or uh just annoyances more than anything. Yeah, he did the rotten egg. The, uh, yeah, Adam what is it? Three egg? What was it? <laughs> like, yeah, no, and I had that uh, written down too. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that you're feeling that way because, like I said, I think Usopp in that first arc that he's in that, at uh, Serap Village, I think there is like you can kind of go either way with him, but he is a, a really important part of the crew and he's a lot of people's favorite straw hat, and it's for a reason. and I love Usopp as a character, and I, you know, I know that you will too. And he has he has a lot of time to shine later in the arc as well. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed him uh, these uh, these episodes. Um, yeah, just uh, like I was saying, I was like, oh man, yeah, like he, like I like I see his utilization done uh, very well, and I see his I see his value more than I've seen it in. in uh, most uh like you know the best so far in the episodes that we've seen um but before uh, there's two things i wanted to mention before we get uh, like too far ahead one but we were talking about that kid that was like the that wanted to um like go fight arlong yeah first of all where does nami pull her stick out of because i always wondered where she gets it from pull out of her tits she pulls it right between her breasts, she pulls it right out and she puts the stick together and beats his ass. <laughs> I was like, nope. oh, wow. This, so that's where she... That's where they are. <laughs> like, it's a place all to the keep... time? Dude, her weapon's so sick, too. Like, the way that she can, like, assemble it midair. Because, like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Is it even chained together, or is it just, like, three pieces that kind of just mount into each other? It's like a screw mount, almost. Dude, it's so Damn. fucking... Her weapon is so awesome. Even, like, when she's, like holding it, having conversations with people, and, like, they do the wide shots, and you see she's, like, she's kind of playing with it, or just going up and down, or, like, mm-hmm. she's actually threatening. Like, she's very scary. Well, that's one of the things I like about some of these scenes, is we get to see, like, scary Nami faces and stuff. It's super fun. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, she's... Her being she's super funny. serious. It's more than super serious, fucking terrifying, is what she is in some of these scenes. Um, I think that this arc uh oh so i wanted to mention that second thing i want to mention most important thing i want to mention zoro's shirt in this episode is the best shirt anyone's ever worn period 
on this show, at least so far. Like it is very, 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 very. I know it's your, I know it's your segment, Lou. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal it right now. Very, very, very best shirt of the episode goes to Zoro. His blue Hawaiian short sleeve shirt. Totally, there's bandages underneath too. It's a, it's a great. Oh yeah, oh he looks so good. Yeah, Zoro's like the king of uh, the Hawaiian tees too. This isn't gonna be the uh, the last time you see him rock a sweet Hawaiian like open shirt too. You have to be a very special kind of guy to do that. You gotta be a moss head. Yeah, no, you get it. Yeah, Bill, you could probably rock uh, some Hawaiian shirts. You gotta start getting on that. Yeah, I gotta dye my hair green first. Oh, fucking easy, man. Yeah, you're you're halfway there. You already look like Zoro. And thanks. I was. Yeah, but then again, (laughs) he does the he does the three controller style though. He just smashes controller style, smashing one in my teeth and two in my hands. Well, hey, once Elden Ring comes no out, you know, I'm stacking up controllers for when Elden Ring comes out. I'm going to break tons of them. It's going to be great. Oh, uh, no, yeah, you got it. That's 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 clutch move right there. Uh, you got to get one of those modular uh, uh, controllers where you can put the buttons wherever you want because they're all magnetic. You're like, oh, what? because I want them. You ever this. seen these? No, that sounds insane. Yeah, that's uh, so yeah, the buttons are uh magnetic and like the analog sticks are magnetic too so you can put them where you want on the controller so like if you play like side like you know if you wanted to play like sideways or something like that or you know you wanted the buttons to be a little bit lower on your hand like you know you can do that as well it's uh, it's very very cool alternate between standard grip and claw grip like a real gamer you can you can just do that or just uh, do it on the mouse and keyboard, like uh, like so many other nerds out there. But anybody anyways. else? Uh, <laughs> anybody else feel bad when uh, Sanji kicked Momu in the face? Momu, Momu was gonna eat him. Yeah, yeah well, no, he was, was he... very, he was very uh, particular. He was like, no, like you know, he's, and it was going to Sanji's character. He's like, I'm not gonna let you know. He's hungry. You know, you don't know. It's like, like you know, this, he's hungry. He's get, and then he tried to eat him. And he's like, no, and he fucking kicked him in the face. And I was like, there you go, Sanji. Beat me with his ass. And not, and not only that, but we're gonna, we're gonna uh, make you a horse. This is the uh, this is the horse episode. This is the sequel to the last horse episode. That we were horse we're a horse podcast this is a pro right, horse oh, podcast man. we just like the horse around that's fair that's fair no it's uh they i i really i i thought that part was i thought that part was funny do we want to talk about the even going back further do we want to talk about the food that was on the, the that uh zanji made like for the uh for luffy and uh what's his face or do we want to? We want to keep going forward because I feel now I'm going backwards. Like we can keep. keep we can keep going forward, but I do. I do like what you're talking about because that one dude. I can't. I can't remember his Yozuku. name. Yozaku. He asked for bean sprouts Not and like. <laughs> he asked for bean sprouts, and like the spread that Sanji makes is absolutely insane. But I do love the. Uh, him stealing the meat from Luffy and them running around, and so you're like, "Would you grab the?" Meat? 
losing his shit. Or Luffy offering him the bone was pretty funny. Because <laughs> I'm not a dog. <laughs> Here you can have that. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's keep going for it. That was my, this is my bad. I keep making us go back at the episodes. Oh, good. Justin, what'd you think of uh, Arlong's crew? Like, first of all, Arlong's look and then the crew that he rocks. Oh, the fishmen? Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, reading the episode, hearing it, it wasn't until... Because I read the episode where uh, the fishmen pirate or whatever, like, you know, the subtitle is for the episode. I hear them call Arlong the... Um, Fishman pirates, or like his crew of fishman pirates. Mm-hmm. I thought he was saying fishermen pirates <laughs> the whole time. So I was like, they're like fishermen, but pirates. I was like, maybe, like, so maybe we'll do something with that until I saw them. And I was like, oh, they're fishmen. Huh. <laughs> I was looking at them. Well, you didn't get it when Luffy starts drawing the picture of them. No, I thought I thought Luffy was making a mistake, a mistake, and I thought he was being stupid, but he wasn't. I was. I was like, look at Luffy, he's so stupid. Why would he make this mistake? Why is he obviously saying fishermen? But uh, and then when yeah, they they showed so Arlong's uh, Arlong's crew. First of all. I love uh, Hachen, the octopus dude. Yes. yes. Hachen, yeah. He's Hachen. fucking MVP. Yeah, Hachen. he's so cool. He's like, good octopus pot, put you in my octopus pot. And I was like, oh, Yeah, he's man, like, hop in the honey yeah. pot, baby. We're going for a ride. I didn't see anyone named Zoro, but I took this one guy to the island, <laughs> to the village. Obviously, well, nobody's... You, that you thought that they were fishermen pirates, because we do see... Uh, Hachi out there trying to catch some fish, but he just catches himself. No, that is sure. true. How does that work? Are they cannibals? Well, all fish are, aren't they? You know, Bill, you there's, bring up some really good points. <laughs> there's always a bigger fish, remember? From uh, remember episode that. one, Phantom Menace. But, uh, but yeah, I thought uh, he was boss. Um, I forgot what the name of the other main like uh there's, lieutenant he has is there's chu which is the guy with like the the pouty lips there's hachi okay. uh and then there's uh kurubi okay he's like, he like kurubi's like the martial arts looking guy okay chu's so got it, those it, lips man with the, the ponytail yeah, chip, chip. chu is uh, is the other one i really uh, i really liked Chip, chip. I was like, man, I just get nervous around you, buddy. I don't even know what your what your deal is. When he got into the when he fought those uh, that navy that navy ship, and you know, doing this podcast, right? We have certain responsibilities, right? Big name characters. We're trying to make sure we have notes, or at least I'm making sure I have notes because I don't know if they're going to be important. And this guy comes, this Commodore, uh, Commodore, uh, per Perrin, Perrin, I had to pause it like three times so I can go make sure I write this guy's name down. And then literally two seconds later, this guy gets blasted in the face. I was like, well, you know, fucking cross that name right now. <laughs> he obvious. just spits into his heart and kills him. Yeah, <laughs> like, he spits in his heart. Uh, no vital organs. Way to go. 
Yeah, yeah. The, like the portrayal of how strong these guys are too. It's like moving whole reefs, like flipping houses. Yeah, they're pretty scary it. dudes. No, no, no. Yeah, set piece thing when they go to uh, Goza and the whole town is literally flipped yeah. upside down. That's a great like set piece, like intrigue moment. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's great show. Don't tell about like the power like you know how scary some it's like when in a monster movie like you know you see like the destruction first and you're like oh shit whatever's coming like you know that makes it scarier makes the yeah uh, makes the villain scary was that dread yeah uh but around this time we meet uh uh nami's uh sister right nojiko 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 you know, props to her for keeping it together. Because I feel like, as bad as Nami had it, I feel like Nojiko had it a little bit worse. I don't know if I'd say worse, but I mean, it's a pretty bad situation. Um, at least she gets to hang out in town. Yeah, yeah, uh, but... yeah, I guess, under the rule of fishermen. Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> Nami is literally living next to these fishermen like every like these people that she hates every day like at least you know uh yeah yeah it's, it's... Uh, there's something like the whole situation's no so it's a bad situation sad. look yeah everybody's got it bad yeah i think nami does have it the because then she's also i want to i want to talk about uh uh this if we can at least this as a theme so nami has this like up until this episode, we've we've known Nami as a character who is money first. Like you know, just like you know, get the treasure, like do that. And we've assumed that it was you know her being basically like I, I always say like the most pirate out of all of them. But you know, basically being a thief or whatever. That's like the thing she values. And not only do they reinforce that in this episode, and they they come up with such a great reason to reinforce it same way they did with uh sanji and not letting anybody like go hungry mm-hmm. they do the same thing with nami but better like it like an like an enhanced version of it where um she comes from a house where her mom didn't have money and she relates that one-to-one with not being able to save like, you know, her family. Um, she goes out even out to say is like, you know, uh um, the uh Bella you Bellamere? know she yeah, Bella Merritt she she lived like, you know, the she was nice and you know, now she's dead. Like uh, or something along those lines. No, like, she's yeah, not, she, now she's dead. Yeah, no, she was like saying like, you know, why do I wanna like, you know, be like her? Like, you know, that that she got she was yeah, I need and to protect you guys. Back, uh, into the village and says that. Yeah, it's like, you know, she's wrong to not value money because money could have saved us. And she's obsessed with this idea of being able to buy her way out of it. Um, it also is part of the deal that she makes with Arlong. So that's also part of why she values the money so much is because it's going to help her save the village. But it That's true. But, but it's it's interesting how they plot it before even Arlong comes. Yeah. Like, you know, she already has this idea in her head of, of yeah, money when she and yells what it at means. Yeah, she and says, like, already, I like, wish somebody richer. When she yeah. says, like, I, I wish somebody richer adopted me. 
which is so heartbreaking too that that's like the last thing you essentially said to somebody you love it's also like a, a little kid thing to say you know like a yeah. kid thing to say you know yeah no that's a that is true um but it what i wanted to talk about as far as themes go is that she states that that she like you know um doesn't like you know she has like all of a sudden she has this value of like money and everything like that so what does she end up doing is she ends up basically being the Bellamere to the entire town instead so she's like now i'm gonna buy everyone's freedom you know by myself so she has the weight of everyone's happiness on her shoulders you know while everybody's you know holding on to survive she's like no like you know even though she's saying she's not her mother she is doing like you know she decided she was going to be the mother to like the whole town basically yeah um by getting enough money and she still can't do it and that is that is what made it even harder uh for her is that she was not able to to do it. Yeah, and... that, that, that whole thing right there, too, like, what's even more heartbreaking about it is, like, you know, when she was a kid and she comes back from uh, the Arlong crew and she's got the tattoo and, like, she's like, no, like, it, it's going to be fine, like, all this stuff, like, essentially at 10 years old trying to keep it together and doing, you know, the plan that she had come up with and then, like, the juxtaposition to her, like, nowadays, um, and the same thing, like, they just stole her money. She goes to talk to Arlong and, like, essentially telling her, like, what are you going to do about it? And she comes back with, like, the fake smile, and she's trying to keep it all together, but, like, it's just killing her inside and just, like, breaking her down. It's super yeah. heartbreaking. Well, you realize that all of her interactions with the, the townspeople after the death of Bellamere are ways to manipulate them to not go after Arlong. So the first time she comes back with the money and she's like, look, they gave me money. And it's almost a way for them to like become less endeared towards her so they won't fight on her behalf. Like that's that's basically her motivation. Like that's why she says it the way she does is like, oh look, they gave me money. And anyone yeah. in the town is disgusted because like they're like, well Bellamere's dead. That's your that was your mom, basically. And and not only that, but like the whole pressure that Arlong's putting the whole town under. And she almost does that just to manipulate them to not because they were gonna go march on Arlong Park and try to like take her back, basically, which would have started yeah. a war they would have won. saved her, yeah. Well, they wouldn't have saved her, they would have died. They would have tried uh, to save her. No, they would have got him, right? <laughs> not the whole town. Up against a bunch of fishmen. First of all, put some salt on them. And they shovel up. Uh, if you just hit them with some lemon juice, you'll cook them. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I know she's saying that. Yeah, they would have all died. They and she knows they would have all died. Um, it was it, it was very interesting. Do we ever find out, uh, Bill, without getting into something too deep, why? Um, Arlong chose that island to kind of like it seems like he just crashed his boat in there and he says, Well, 
I live here now. It's it's. Well, let's make some money. I don't think that we ever really get an explanation of why he chose that island, but we do get a lot. I don't want to say a lot more in Arlong, but we get more of his backstory. And I was actually saying this to Lou that, and this one that we've talked a little bit about on the podcast is that all of, like so many things in One Piece are connected, and you can notice those connections so early on. And there's the question of. Okay, are these things that he had set up from the very, very, very start? Or are these things that he kind of had in place and then he kind of found where they go later? And one of the things that we see on some of the main members of Arlong's crew, I'm, all, I'm not going to say what it is, but there's something that is a common trait that they all have that is related to a much bigger plot point later on, one that you could not retcon, I don't think. One that is like had to be deliberately set up that these people have this trait, and the rest of the rest of Arlong's crew does not have that trait. It's going to be probably over a year the way that we're, the way that we're pacing these episodes before we get to the point where we can talk about that. But when you Damn. see, when you it. see, they all look like yeah. fish. Lewis, that's yeah. our bill. That's the thing that they have. No, no one else. The, they look like fish. The, it's I'm the, the about three main members. I know this. Uh... The three main members, and okay, uh, and it and it's it's pretty deep, and it's it's also uh, as One Piece can often be a, a painful story, um, uh, but it's one that I it's always amazing to watch these early episodes again and do a rewatch and be like, oh my god, like he he knew about this. I mean, even with like some of the things that get said earlier, it's like, oh, he had this whole plot point planned out well in advance. Um, and we can discuss that again when we get Arlong's backstory much later in the series. Oh, what I what I did notice um, that they did mention is the rumors of a split um, with the Fishman Pirate Group, where there's like, oh, there was a there was a, a split uh, between like you know, I guess them and another group they were part of. Like, so I did hear that uh, during the episode. So that was that was something I did write down. I was like, oh, he was part of a larger the group of fish peoples. Uh, that would be fucking awesome. We could see more fish people. At Arlong Park, too, um, like the island, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they say it's pretty close to the entrance of the Grand Line? Yeah, in theory, that's where like every every sub- subsequent island that every subsequent place that we visit in the East Blue is theoretically closer to the Grand, Grand Line. Line. Oh, that could make sense why uh, these Grand Line pirates chose that island, I guess. It, maybe it was like the first one they crashed upon after some sort of split. Narlong's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be the next Jeff Bezos. Oh, man. Big, put, put those big ideas out there. It's, it's nice life goals. You know, the thing he's delivering is pain. No, that's, that is true. Was, uh, Get it on Prime. Uh, 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 what was I gonna uh, also say the about Arlong? Arlong is very interesting. Not what I expected when we talked about this being like the first big, like sort of like arc, uh, like you know, like first major arc that uh, to get in. It's like he he's first a breakout he's, arc, I think. In terms first of breakout time. arc. He's a very good villain, um, but not what I expected uh, of. Like you know, uh, of a villain, 
um, in all of his, like, not only is he <clears throat> immensely strong and powerful, like, physically, but he's also manipul manipulative in a way where you're locked. Like, it's there's a lot yeah. of situations that he puts these characters in where, well, you can't do anything else, you know, besides what I'm telling you to do. So you're going to do that, right? Like, you know, that's that's like that's I, I see that like, you know, time and time again with him where he just puts characters in an unwinnable situation, like basically. Yeah. Like even when he gets the government to pretty much swoop in on Nami's treasure to keep the deal going. Technically, I didn't break the deal, you know? I, or, like, him following he, he doesn't even say that. He says, he just grabs her, like, grabs yeah, her by the face and pulls her, and he's like, when did I break the deal? Like, yeah, basically, says, letting well, Nami tell me figure when. out. Yeah. Which is, which is worse, because it, it just lets Nami be the one to put it together of, like, oh, he had this planned out from the beginning. He was never gonna let this be a thing. Or, it, it, and to a certain extent, it's like, I didn't break any deal. You know, when you get that money, yeah. it'll be, like, that was the deal. It had nothing to do with me getting people to go take it from you. Like, you know, that's, you know, that's your response. That's your money. It's not my money. Like, you know, that's the whole point. That's, you know, so go get it. Go Make a hundred million berries, and you know, start over, me and then, yeah, and then we'll we'll be good. And then um, he, he even throws in the threat too. He's like, "If you leave me, I'll kill the whole village." Yeah, and it's just like, "Fuck!" What are you supposed to do at that point? So Nami's stuck again. Where he's, she's like, "Well, I guess I like the only thing I can do is to keep working for you." Like you know, that's you know, that's it's like the idea of an abusive relationship. It's like the, the epitome of it like you know where are you gonna go is like the uh thing you always hear about yeah but uh yeah no that's uh that's i i'm i'm glad we were able to get through a lot of this uh stuff without getting too uh too Depressed and bummed out because yeah no this was like there was like three self. episodes. Yeah. Bill and I were sitting on the couch crying together like at least no, five times. No, during <laughs> the during the watch through I was, but during the recap less. Well, we less haven't even we haven't even discussed the hardest parts yet. So let's reopen that wound. Yeah, well, no, no, come on, I'm ready to start crying. Let's go. Let's go. One of the things that I noticed this watch through is this again, this is like probably my sixth or seventh watch through. I've also read this in the manga and I feel like I start tearing up earlier and earlier each time, just like knowing like, like, like what's coming. Um, this is one of the few times that I've cried reading a manga. Um, all of them are one piece. Um, I've never cried to any other manga. Um, but I've also like, this was, yeah, sorry, sorry to other manga. Yeah, hashtag I humble brag. I haven't cried to you yet, but maybe, uh, maybe we'll get there. One day. Fuck you, Pluto. That manga <laughs> sucks. Whoa, we're not gonna, uh, 
Naoki Urasawa, we're not going to dismiss that. I yeah, love that. Naoki Urasawa. Monster Naoki Urasawa. Okay. <laughs> a whole different thing. Anyway, but, yeah. Um, Is that one monsters? Louis have seen some monster. We watched a lot of monster, actually. Um, so, okay. Let's start it off with Nojiko tells the backstory. Luffy's like, I don't want to hear a fucking backstory. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I don't need to hear that. Which I, I just, I love, I, every time I see this again, I'm like, I love that part because yeah. Luffy doesn't need, he doesn't, he's like, what he says is, I don't care about her past, which is su- such a Luffy thing in the first place, just to accept people as they are, as they come to him. But also just that, like, no, I already know who she is. I don't need to know. I don't like, and I already know that I care about her and that she needs to be part of my crew. I don't need to know whatever happened in the past. Um, yeah, like it's not going to solidify his feelings towards her already. Like he's got it on lock. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's a perfect encapsulation of like that idea. It just, I'm. I'm not interested. Like, you know, that's what she needs is what, like, you know, is what she needs. It's, you know, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. Um, You know, I think he would benefit from knowing about spinning hat guys, like, you know, uh, the involvement. Because obviously he was a very big fan of him afterwards. Yeah, Yeah, because his hat's so cool. Is that was so cool. so cool? Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's um, and it it holds to the very end when uh, you know, Nami eventually does ask Luffy for for help. So, I want to, yeah, I want to talk about the flash up before we get to that part because yeah. there's a lot to say about that part. The flashback it cuts so deep. Well, okay, first it starts off with. We get that Nami was stealing like way before there was any, like, you know, big reason to. It's just like, yeah, you know, she doesn't have the money. She just steals what she wants, and also that she was into geography and map map making before, you know, as, as a child, basically. Yeah, and that she was talented uh, with it from a young age. Um, we also in in the early flashback we can see some uh, wanted posters in the background. For I did. Buggy the Clown mm-hmm. and Don Krieg. I did see those. Those boys been running for a long time. Buggy the Clown. Fucking love Buggy. Can't wait for him to come back. Yeah, so gotta love some Buggy uh, buggy screen time, even if it's just in a wanted poster. But also gives it also does give like some portrayal to Don Krieg and and Buggy of like how long they've been on the sea and how long they've been a threat on the sea, you know? Yeah, I always so. forget. Uh, Great Pirate Era started how long ago? I don't remember. I think like fifty years ago. No, I wasn't fifty. Yeah, because they were technically speaking, they're on the tail end of the Great Pirate Era. I thought they were in the middle of it. No, because like when the Great Pirate Era happened, it was essentially like the Wild West. Like people were just running amok and doing all that jazz. Uh-huh. I think that was like the gold rush version, like part of it, yes. where everybody was like rushing out there to go get. But that's like now's beginning, but now it's yeah. it's still the great pirate era. It's just everything's know. established now against pirates. Like everything's set up 
and yeah. years worth of experience dealing with this. I guess it was 20 years ago. Yeah, I think I remember because I remember thinking it was longer. It was it started before. uh, uh, Shanks was alive. Like it's like Shanks would remember the beginning of it. Well, I just know that there are certain characters who are on Goldie Rogers crew, and I know that they're not so old that they're over 50. So um, we'll. We'll meet them later, or maybe. But you know, twenty years later. in pirate years, it's, you probably feel like you're fifty. Probably, you make it research. Well, that's scurvy. Uh, but uh, yeah, the going into the flashback, um, meeting Bellamere, oh, uh, fucking rad, dude, fucking awesome fucking character. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we get her. Uh, basically staying alive to to take care of Nojiko and Nami when she sees them and like like these like lost children of war, uh, and she mm-hmm. basically retires from the navy to take care of them, which is kind of sick. Um, yeah, yeah and her saying that. that... <laughs> I, I really quick the navy in this show is fucking wild. I don't know, yeah. and and. I, I assume later on we will get like uh, a more firm idea of who is in charge of the Navy, but whoever they are, I want their badge and their gun, and I need them to be to resign because they are not they are not uh, keeping tabs on their people because yeah, it's not a. Uh, Bellamere, I don't think she retires. I think she just leaves like the Navy. Yeah. I think she just goes. <laughs> and it seems like every third person from the Navy is either like, you know, they're corrupt, they're not corrupt, or they're like just not dressed like they're in the Navy at all. <laughs> well, this, yeah, this is one of the things that is already a theme uh, at, by this point in the series is there's so many different motivations within the Navy and this is true, I guess, of any large organization that there are people with their heart in the right place and people who are out for themselves or out for some other ulterior motive. And that's true of the government in life. And that's true of the government in one piece. And that's true of the Navy in one piece. And, you know, it, it only gets larger as you go up the up the ranks. And, you know, you'll meet, you'll, meet, you'll meet the top ranks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I and I saw these like navy branches where they would uh, like they 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 give out their number, and I hope we get a lot more of those uh, too. Because like I said, I love numbers, and you know, navy branch seventy seven versus navy branch I think sixteen. A uh, uh, ship from navy branch sixteen was uh, was also mentioned. So what we uh, get a lot of in one piece is we get numbered items. But we also get sort of like collectible items. Like you can think of like uh, even cool, like is, even the devil's fruit. Yeah, that's is yeah. We get to see all different kinds like of devil fruits, um, and you know we'll get more details on how the devil fruits, like kind of are divided, uh, in, in ways. So that'll you know we'll get to that eventually. Um, so the Nami backstory, we get you know the kind of fight that Nami has with Bellamere, and it hits on this this feeling of like which i think is something that you experience with any kind of loss but 
that your last moment with the person that you lose is not the most ideal moment. Maybe not this bad or like this much of a, you know, like a fight. But, you know, this is a thing that I think you experience in any kind of loss where you're like, oh, you know, you think that you want like every moment to to be with like like the last moment to be with like some person that you love to be like some you know Fantastic. remarkable uh, yeah, yeah like, or, a, like a perfect encapsulation of everything that you went through up until that time and you know it never is yeah and that so that's part of what makes this flashback hurt so much more but also just that we we get Nami's perspective and Bellamir's perspective a little bit here. So, you know, when Nami's in the town when the when the pirates come and you know, there all this chaos is is happening and she's realizing like, "Oh, Bellamir's in danger because they're going to they found the smoke coming from from the house outside the village." And we get Bellamir's side where she's like, "Oh, I'm going to splurge a little bit. I'm going to make an extra good dinner." Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that hit me. And so she's like, she's like, oh, I'm going to spend, you know, I'm going to use some things like some ingredients that are maybe a little I shouldn't use or I should save just to like go a little bit hard to like, you know, to smooth help smooth things over with her and Nami because, you know, she also regrets like, you know, hitting Nami, which is like kind of a big deal for her parents to just like full on slap their kid like that. But um, when Arlong goes to their house, goes to Bellamere's house. I think one of the things that hurts so bad about it is just how brutal it is. Because first, Bellamere comes out swinging, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, fucking she, like, gun in like, hand. Puts in, the gun his in his mouth. mouth. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that was, that was fucking brutal. That was awesome. Lights the cigarette before doing it, too. Which I thought was, like, super fucking badass. Like, just, like, 80s style, like, let's do this. Yeah, she fucking rules. But Arlong is, you know, the next time you see her, Arlong is just like stomping on her arm and her arm is like fractured and like black and blue and like as if it's been broken all the way through. And it is just like hard to look at. Yeah, and that's so heartbreaking. This is actually one of the things I want to highlight. And this is part of why I, I feel so strongly about watching the series and subs as opposed to dubs. Uh, because the original Japanese voice actors do such an amazing job of every one of these scenes. Um, Have you watched the dub version of this? Of this episode? I'm, the first time I watched it, I watched it in dub un- up until they get to the Grand Line. Oh my god. Yeah. Do you remember? Like, does it, how does it compare? I'm sure I mean, it's terrible, but... I mean, I, was st- I still thought this was really good, even in the dubs. Um, but it's... I mean, if, if you... We can watch it later if you want, but it's so much, it's just so much <laughs> it's better with much this pain. title. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, so where do we leave off? Well, like, so like Bellamere having, you know, this badass moment immediately cut to her having her arms stomped. It's yeah, and it, it's one. It's heartbreaking because it's a character you're just like starting to really care for, but like the strength of her character. And I, I don't want to like jump ahead of bill here. Cause I know he'll probably talk about it too, but just like her pride and her strength and like 
it's just so heartbreaking seeing her get torn down more and more. Well, the thing that really gets you is, so her and Nami had a fight about Nami saying that this isn't my family. And the reason that Bellamere is going to die is because she can't pay for the family. And when she gives them money, she says, oh, that money is for my daughters, not for me. I haven't paid my toll, basically. Uh, so you're going to do what you got to do. And then they, you know, it's like immediate. Arlong, Arlong is so merciless. He just shoots her right away, basically. Like, there's like, they, she has like a moment with Nami and Nojiko for a second, just like, you know, of them all like crying together about, you know, what's going to happen. And then even the way they animate it, where it goes all black and white, and yeah. it's just like the silhouette of Arlong just shoots Nojiko. And you see the like the particle, like the particles, the uh, Bellamir, I mean, and and you see like the particles of like her clothes or whatever, like pieces of like out of her back. Cause, like yeah. it's it it's really bad. Yeah, it's so rough, and it's even after seeing it so many times, I still like gasp every time I see it. It yeah. just it really it really hurts. So th- um, this is like my second watch through of this arc, and it's still probably my favorite arc so far um not that there's anything wrong with the other ones just this one stuck with me so much but like there's so many moments re-watching this where in my head like i know what's gonna happen but i'm waiting for her to not do it like i'm waiting for her to not mention her kids i'm waiting for them to not find the smoke like all of these like I, I can't remember the last time i watched a piece of like cinema or entertainment where i felt this way where it's just like, fuck, I just want the outcome to be different. And like, Bill, what you're saying too is like, um, you know, rewatching this, you're crying sooner and sooner. I, the part that stuck with me the most is when she's like, Nami, Nojiko, I love you. And then it's like her final fucking words before she gets executed. And like, yeah. before it was even coming up, I'm like, okay, don't cry. Don't cry. Your buddy's on the couch right next to you. You don't want to see Oh, him. dude, I was crying the yeah, I was I, a full happened. episode. I was crying from the moment that... Fuck, when the, I, I was crying from the moment that uh, Bellamere first sees them in the, in the war scene. Like, yeah. I was already crying then, and I just <laughs> cried. And then I cried through that entire episode, basically. Oh, so impactful, man. You know what? You know it did get. You know it did get me. Is that it's uh, their adopted, uh, their adopted sisters. But then they're like, oh yeah, we're like that. We're not even related by blood. I was like, well, you guys kind of fucking look exactly like. <laughs> like you could have been twins also. <laughs> I was like, you guys look. Ex-. When I saw her, I was like, oh, she's related to Nami. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because she looks exactly like like her. (laughs) Uh, But no, that's uh, I. It was them as a as a family. I think if anything, uh, Nojiko is kind of it's 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 kind of strange her place uh, between the three um, because it seems. For to a certain extent that Najiko's there to tell the story, like you know, to our other characters. Um but she's also, you know, the middleman between uh Nami and the village. Cause Najiko, you know, obviously being Nami's sister, 
finds out the details and then tells um, Genza, uh, who tells the rest of the village, you know. Well, she kind of plays the mediator in not only in the between Nami and the village, but also between Nami and Bellamere when they were living in the house together. So she's kind Place of plays like a mediator yeah. role. I also don't think to like I know this all happens during Nojika uh, Nojiko telling like the backstory. But what I thought was interesting too is like she starts it and then we get to Nami um, who just woke up from a nap and then reminiscing and then we even get like it goes back into the flashbacks but then we get into like these first person uh, moments which I think it was kind of a just like both like I'm sure Nojiko was like telling the story but I think we were watching more Nami reminiscing rather than like a verbatim like this is what happened you know yeah well yeah because there there are parts where let's uh Najiko wasn't there <laughs> and yeah, you're like exactly. well how is she telling that story, <laughs> <the> story? <laughs> how is she in the uh in the bookstore <laughs> knowing exactly what happened i did i also did a laugh when um Bellamere said, I'll pay you back with my body. You know, I was like, that's a, that's a me move if I've ever seen one. <laughs> this is her and her daughter laughing at him. Uh, um, what do we think of, uh, speaking of which, uh, what's his, uh, the police officer, Jensen? The, what do we think of him as character? He's a, he's a very interesting character, I thought. They got the windmill hat, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Genzo's great. Um, That's okay. So this yeah, well, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of yeah, I'm trying to think of like what Whoa. specifically to say about him. I mean, he cares for the village, and he cares for including you know he he's like willing to lie on behalf of Bellamere. Like he goes there when he realizes like oh like I gotta step in on the situation. He doesn't know that she doesn't know that you know Arlong is gonna bust down the door, and so he goes there and he says oh you know we were gonna have dinner together to kind of cover for the fact that there's extra plates on the table yeah uh so he's like trying to lie on on their behalf he's also trying to keep the whole village together by like oh stay strong you know don't revolt now we've been working for eight years to not you know get into like a like a war scenario with them where we're gonna lose like we just gotta he's like grit, like basically like grit your teeth and bear it but he's also been holding on the weight of like knowing what Nami's been up to this whole time, and that's basically what we start the like the last episode that we cover uh, recovering this week is it basically starts with when the Marines show up and they're looking for Nami's like treasure stash, yeah, and when they find it, I don't remember exactly what Genzo says, but it's basically revealed that he knew the whole time what Nami was doing. And what he says there is, you know, we didn't tell you because we thought we wanted to make it so that if you ever wanted to run away, you didn't feel like you were letting us down. Like we wanted to give you the option to get out and not basically bear the burden of our entire village. Uh, and that's, that also just makes it hit so hard. And also it's just like, like great portrayal for Genzo. And you also get the reveal that, the reason he has all those scars is from him trying to stop them from taking Nami. Oh yeah, yeah. and they messed him up. Yeah, he gets cut up by uh uh by Kurobi. 
Yeah. The, the, I, I really enjoyed him as a as a character because he, he also he's introduced in this antagonistic uh, light with a uh, you know stopping Nami from stealing or like you know being super pissed uh, at her and then you like see he's he is he's protecting her uh, yeah. you know well, I think he, the, I think the first time you see him is when Arlong uh, comes to the village. Saying that someone has been stashing weapons, and you find out that uh, Genzo's been has like a weapons collection, and he's like, "No, no, it's just for a collection. Like, it's not, you know, if we were going to start a war, we would have done it eight years ago, you know." Uh, and so that that also sets him in this kind of like skeptical light of like, "Oh, is he trying to is he trying to lead a revolt uh, or something like that?" I was thinking in terms of uh, with Nami. Like, uh, right. Like, you know, in his relationship with, uh, with Nami, like the, that's the first kind of chronologically interaction you see with, uh, with him in it. But, uh, yeah. yeah even uh, down to like, uh, the last episode of this arc that we we're watching when, uh, you know, Nami's pretty much trying to like keep it together and like, Oh, I'll just start over again. It's fine. All this stuff. And like, really just trying to stop them from going to fight Arlong's crew. And uh, another moment where I couldn't help but fucking tear up. He, like, he hugs her, and he's like, you don't have to keep doing this anymore. Like, And she's like, but you're all going to die. And he's like, we know. Like, yeah, I love oh. that. It's so, <laughs> it's so heavy, because it's like, she's like, you'll die. It's just, and I, I love it in the subtitle, too, where it's just like, you know, you're normally getting these big phrases on the screen, and then you just get, you'll die. And then we know and that in the context just hits so hard um and he also he he when she tries to threaten him with the knife to make him not go he just grabs the blade which is such a like such a bold move of like i know that you're not willing to use that knife against me so much so that i'm willing to put myself in the most vulnerable position to get cut uh yeah and i also uh what i want to highlight here in this scene where Nami has a breakdown is the facial expressions on these characters. And I think I mentioned this in the first episode that we have uh, in the podcast of like getting into one piece. And that one of the things that turned me off initially was the way the characters look and how these don't look like typical anime characters. But what I think they do really well is they portray their emotions so incredibly well and so kind of precisely like you watch nami's face just go into like an ugly like full ugly cry and like you can feel sort of all the muscles that she's flexing on her face to like i could feel it because i was doing the ugly cry oh yeah for sure for (laughs) sure 3d man but you're partially doing it because of how well it's done and this is also you know nami how many times hearing someone voice act crying is it just super cringe and bad but this like hits so hard like the like her quivering voice like the cries she lets out like it it, it's super well done and just every aspect of the scene from like the animation like the the character designs the voice acting the music and even the like she starts stabbing her arm like Oh, it's so man. visceral, and you and like you feel it because it's like the, you know this representation of Arlong, like right there on her arm, like staring her in the face, 
and she just starts stabbing it. And That's what she's get she's given up. She's like, or she what she's given up. She's like, I've done I I did this to myself for to save these people, and it was like you know I've literally deformed my body to a certain extent to to save these people, and it meant nothing. It was like nothing. Why did I even do it? I didn't say I, you know, it, it was, it's, it's a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thought, uh, you know, and I thought what, w- to what you were saying earlier, Bill, when she is, uh, crying, like, you know, and she sees Luffy and she's like, you know, just screaming at him to like get away and like, just that was what really got me the most, like, you know, just well, because also mm-hmm. that feeling of like, that feeling of like you've been trying to take on a burden yourself for a long time, and someone's like, "Why don't you just let me help you?" And you're like, "No, I like you. You kind of I don't know. Like maybe I'm sure that we've all had a moment like that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's like my bread and butter. That's uh, yeah, that's where I live. That's uh, in that moment. I had that moment with Dark Souls until the last boss. And I was like, Bill. I need oh, your. Help. And, and I built a straw hat on on Lou's head, and I was like, "All right, so actually, no, I don't need this this moment yet." Like, I, I, I wanna because when I I've gone back and wa- this is one of the scenes I've probably watched the most in One Piece. Like, just going back and watching it, and even out of context, I'll cry literally every time. Like, I've like been crying at work, like just like on a lunch break, like watching this and shit. Um, I mean, it just hits every time because especially in context where the arcs before this, we get so much portrayal about like, what is everyone's treasure? And Luffy's hat is his treasure. And, you know, Nami's going through it. She's super upset. She's crying. She's, you know, stabbing her arm. Luffy grabs the hand with the knife. And she, and again, she's been doing nothing but telling Luffy to leave since he showed up at the island. Mm-hmm. And she says, "I told you to leave, didn't I?" And he says, "You told me." He's like, "You don't know anything that's going on on this island." And he's like, "I don't know. You're right." And she just continues to break down, and she just like, she finally just like has nothing left to say, and she just looks at him and she says, "Luffy, help me." And I like, I'm tearing up just you know re- recounting it like. And when he puts the hat on her head, it's just like she she remembers who they has the little, you know, little like flashback for a second where he, she remembers how important the hat is to him. And he's like, of course I will. And it zooms out and the whole crew is right there already. And that that is just like such an amazing moment, because at, at this point, you, the viewer, you're Nami because you're probably in tears you're very like you're emotionally shooken by the situation and who shows up for you your friends like your friends are there the straw hat pirates are there to to get your back and oh my god it hits so he's a made woman your family's here to protect you nami well also this is actually a point i wanted to bring up is supposedly when oda was writing this and like particularly when he was illustrating the manga for it he said that this was one of the scenes that he he wrote like or illustrated and re-illustrated one some of the most times of anything in the series because he said that I wasn't willing to let it be the final product until it made me cry every time I looked at it. 
uh, which I think comes across. I mean, it it's yeah, I think he nailed it. A, a really it, impactful scene. It's it's an incredibly impactful scene. Like that's it. it like what I was saying before, I was that I I'm glad that we ended uh, here because it, it it is emotional, but it leaves it for me at least leaves me on such a positive note that yes, now we got now we have the crew together. Now it's like oh no, it, like and all Luffy needed was for her to say that. Like, you know, and that's what you and that's what you need. Like, that's that speaks to something larger about when you. Know somebody enough where, you know, that when they're yelling and like screaming, they say, like, whatever horrible thing they're going to say, they're not. That's not actually them. You know them enough that. I know what you're going through. I'm going to sit right here. Yeah. And. You know, that's, you know, I'm, and whenever you're done, like, you know, you're done. Um, and when she says, like, you know, help me after basically, like, you know, insulting, calling him stupid, like all these different things. And he's so, not only is he willing to do it, but he is like, to me, what gave me, like, like, I know that you, you saying it was like emotional where you were crying, but to me, it gave me the most like the most opposite vibes of him being so hyped to help his friend. Yeah, that he is just screaming. He's like, hands in the I air, will. dude. Yeah, he's like, of course, like, let's do this. And that's like the Luffy thing. It's like, you know, he could be super, super but he is he is in it like he is so. Excited he wants to smoke, to man. Help you. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, another, another thing I want to talk about is this is so when I when I was deciding like okay, it can we split up the Arlong Park arc? And the the key point to me was okay, when does the march happen? Like the march on Arlong Park because this is like a super iconic scene in the anime, and it's one that is better in the anime than the manga because the manga doesn't have like an extended thing of them walking you know because obviously you wouldn't have like 20 30 panels, panels of, of them yeah. just walking you could but <laughs> you could but but the anime really sits with it and they just let that dun 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 and 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 that's like dude this music it, it hits you more and more the more the more scenes you have associated with it, because it's it's a great soundtrack. But at by the by the time you get further into the series, there's so many like you hear like the soundtrack and all these different scenes come to you, and they all have all these different emotions attached to they them. They hit and... the uh, they hit those music cues like different people's uh, theme. It's it's almost yeah. in a in a Star Wars like you know sense where you hear like you know the Imperial March or something like faded in the background. Something you're like oh shit. Yeah, um, like or you'll hear Darth Vader's theme for some reason. And you'll be like, "Oh, they're talking about Darth Vader right now." Yeah, exactly. Ah, Darth Vader. When you hear that, dun dun dun, you're dun. like, "Oh dun, dun, shit!" Dun, dun, dun. Okay. And you see, like, and, you, and then you see like the shadows over someone's eyes, and you're like, "Oh, it's about to go down." And you know, they don't even have eyes right now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And they ended this episode, this final episode of this uh, arc that we watched. Uh, on such a 
fucking awesome note with like Luffy punching down the gate to Arlong Park and standing there like which one of you is Arlong? Yeah, because it's like it's it's like on site for you. It's it's yeah. oh my god, it's so exciting. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah. When I was like, okay, how can we split up this arc? Obviously, you can't you can't end it in like the the pits of despair of the Nami flashback. So I was like, okay, if if the march on Arlong Park is halfway through or roughly halfway through, which I think it is, that's a really good place to split it. So, um, yeah, and and you can even see in my notes. I think it. Yeah, it says March. Yeah, to to March. On the on the yeah, so that's that's my uh, that's my that's my reference point of like this is where the breaking point is is the march on Arlong Park, and yeah, they come through like I think yeah. you were saying Reservoir Dogs. Absolutely. Oh yeah, they're fucking they're coming in like fucking G's. Like you know they they're all there. You know, uh, you know uh, Sanji, Usopp, uh, Zoro, and and Luffy, and they you just know they're just ready to wreck fucking shop there's i love the hype men uh johnny and yozaku here because they stopped yeah we're waiting for the villagers (laughs) yeah they stopped the villagers from going in and they're like like, you can't go in uh we lost by a hair when they're like eating this (laughs) shit uh and and they're like you can't go in but don't worry because those guys will show up and they're like uh what he's like no those guys will definitely be here and then it goes then and you're going like back to the, to yeah, the they cut back and, and forth. Just, oh my god! What, what, he, what do they say too? Is like remember these people burn their image into your eyes. Like it's just like this like super folklore like level of just description uh, of this. It's it's the idea that the legend is like Luffy's legend and his name is being like burnt into wherever he goes and this crew's like like you know the name is being burnt wherever they go and it's like no remember this crew you don't you do not know them now but but you will yeah but you but you will it's a it's it's this idea and you you slowly slowly or like you know it's coming to the point where you're like oh no this is the crew that's going to be you know king they're going to be king of the pirates or luffy's going to be king of the pirates because it's this crew and they're like they're they've reached that level where you know it's now they're firing on all, all cylinders um i loved it that's why i was i was so pumped at the end i was like Oh man, I want to do push-ups. Like I want to do all this stuff, and I, I I took everything not to go. I mean, it didn't take. I'm a, I'm a lie. It didn't take everything to have me not watch the next episode because we had to record right after that was done. So <laughs> it was. It wasn't like I was like, oh man, I want to watch another. As but it, I was I was so happy at the at the end of it, and um, everybody's uh, in sync with uh where they are as characters i love uh zoro um laying down in the same way he goes it's uh it's he kind of insinuates where he even says that it's what luffy wants it's whatever he's gonna be doing kind of uh kind of here i'm I'm tagging along yeah uh, like one reason why we have to stay here and he's like luffy 
<laughs> yeah. And he goes, yeah, I'm kind of, I kind of roll with this guy. And that's when uh, uh, Johnny and uh, I'm, I'm going to mess his name up every single time, but years ago, uh, they just said, ah, we're not going to die like for no reason or whatever. Like, you yeah. know, whatever they say, exactly. we're going to, we're going to bail. Yeah, and you know what? They are not technically part of the crew. He's like, you know what? Good on you. See you guys. I hope I see you guys again. You know, um, what do they end up doing? They end up sitting and listening to Nam- uh, Nojiko yeah. Nami's backstory <laughs> and crying in the bushes. And I'm like, Lou, this is you and me because we're sitting on the couch like crying. <laughs> yeah, shout and out they- to them too for like, not only did they go to stop the villagers, but they did try their hand at like fighting Arlong. Yeah, they they were like, oh, we can't stand for that yeah. bullshit. And, they and that's like it. a good comeuppance for, you know, you know, one of them witnessing him be like scared of a fish man. He's like, oh, I'm bail and we'll, like, jump off a ship, you know? <laughs> I have we seen the, oh, I guess we did. We saw uh, Johnny fight uh, initially when we first met him, uh, I guess a little bit. But uh, I was I was going to say, I was like, have we ever seen them fight? We, do we know what their power scale is? Compared to everybody else's, no. Well, we know. Yeah, we all know it's not very high. I was just wondering if, because they are like bounty hunters, I guess, uh, some of some sort. Um, but yeah, there's 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 not enough I could say about, uh, especially the ending, like how strong it it really does, um, it it really does end. Um, yeah, and this is one of the things I I, I wanted to. This is one of the things I was kind of alluding to, talking about One Piece really hitting its stride in this arc, because this is a typical Oda move, is like writing a story that shows some kind of incredible tragedy and like just drags you through like a very well-written tragedy. Uh, and you know, you kind of just start going through it because of whatever's going on or what the, what they're what you're being shown. But ending it on a note that just takes you all the way back up again. And it can yeah. make like this series a really fun roller coaster because it also in addition to that, you're getting all these comedy beats. And so like when I try to tell people about what kind of series One Piece is, it's like, oh well, it's like an action. It's like it has like these action moments and like these really high drama moments. And all these comedy moments, and you know, it's it's like slapstick the way SpongeBob can be, but it's also you know really dramatic, and you know like a, a tra- like all these tragic things, and like has this really great script, and you know it just has all of these elements that make it this incredible culmination of uh, of things. I the I mean the way that I would compare it to is like you know this the only thing that i can really compare it to is really like really really i mean and it, it it is in an in another sense a really well done like comic i've only seen something like this done in comics before uh where you go like back and forth and all of a sudden like you know like you were stating before it's like they have this well-told story and then it just hypes you up uh like right at like you know this this peak especially when it's done well um and it's done really well you get so freaking 
hyped like you know uh, like you know towards that and then it's that freaking chapter end like you know and it's just like to be continued and to you're like yeah. and and i can only imagine having to wait like you know the to next week to to watch it um you know because it's it it is so fucking hype um yeah okay. reading week to week is definitely an experience i mean uh and it has its own benefits too. Like you know, that's uh, when we were talking about like you know being able to binge it versus like watching like watching it week to week or having or reading it week to week. Both things have have their benefits. Where you know being able to hang on a cliffhanger, there's nothing like being able to do that. And you're like, oh. like you know, and you like you're holding on to it for so long, uh, and to get the payoff uh, later, like the next week, like it's. It's uh, it's there's there's nothing like that either. Well, right now I think we're experiencing it because I also had the same issue where we finished this last episode, and I was like, if I watch just like two more, do you think they're gonna know? <laughs> if I jump ahead, are they gonna well, be mad? Well, you're the. I mean, you're you guys are lucky enough that if you did watch the next couple, it doesn't really interfere with like you know your contribution to the show because but mine and i'm like well i want to kind of take this fresh and like you know kind of not cheat and not skip ahead and not you know get a one piece world seeker for or like do anything like that uh i mean they're all in my cart but i'm just not gonna they're check all in my out cart, i'm just not gonna check out just to keep the sale um <laughs> But uh, read the back of the box <laughs> the whole time. But uh, um, yeah, it's it's it's. I'm really really, uh, and I, I I don't know if I'm saying this like uh enough of what I said this before. I am so looking forward to the next uh, piece of this. Like you know, I'm, I'm so looking forward to the next uh, episodes we watch, and I'm looking forward to talking about it like even almost even more like you know it i i'm so hype uh right now for it so well, yeah. next episodes and, were uh, watching bill speaking of which yeah the next episodes that we're gonna cover so then i can start tonight <laughs> all right i mean i'm down well actually no i, I don't know i mean i might have to deal with my uh my out of the Colossus thing? Out of the Colossus, Saul. I gotta beat that. Oh, yeah, you do need to do that. Um, but the next Stream it and save it. And I'll... That we're covering... It's gonna be 38 through 45, which will take us to the end of Arlong Park. Alright, guys. So, listeners at home, remember, 38 to episode 45. Ooh. Uh, so, you guys get super hyped for that. Uh, you know, I... Obviously, am um, Louis Careless. I, I he actually texted me. He's like, actually, I'm just you know, doing it for podcast. That's not true at all, man. We're going straight to a boss battle after this. Ooh! I mean, Bill's actually going into a boss battle after this, but yeah, <laughs> a different kind of boss battle. <laughs> like, not not a fun screaming match. I can't wait. <laughs> Is it, but, have, uh, you guys, have you guys seen that uh, video uh, of the guy? Of the two people getting in a yelling match about the Wicked Witch of the West and yeah. whether or not the other she one is. Bubble, dude! She came from a bubble! They're sisters! <laughs> Grow up! 
<laughs> that was so funny. It was a laugh. Anyways, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Oh, we've got our uh, episodes up on some streaming sites too now, don't we? Do we? Do we? Do, do, do we? I, I, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. If you guys find don't us know, on this, Netflix, you know, Hulu, <laughs> Netflix, Hulu, the, the official live action movie of the very, very, very strongest One Piece podcast coming out soon. We'll do a whole bonus episode, and who's going to play us? Like we'll New do Line Cinema. Casting. Oh, New Line Cinema, back we're again. Play each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that'd be a whole. Uh, who who would be the most mad? Uh, all right, so Bill, who would you be the most mad at playing you in? In the movie, well, Lou would draw. Lou would come up with everything, everything he could possibly do to make me salty as fuck, <laughs> like just to perform me in the most annoying way. Because first of all, he's gonna dress like I dressed in high school, because that's that's still his vision of me. <laughs> Every time Lou draws me, he draws me the, the way I looked in high school with like the big oh, ass haircut and like the big sunglasses. He puts a mop over his head. Oh, I hate anime. I would never watch that. My buddy Lewis knows all the good ones, like One Piece. He told me about it. He's wearing two polo shirts. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That'd be great. <laughs> my name is Bill. Lewis is so handsome. All right, he so says it all the time. This is a thing that Lou and I, one year, we dress up as each other for Halloween. Uh, that's that's bonus. That's bonus material if I've ever heard yeah, it. Like, to, costumes or, suck though, because like there's nothing about me that was like characteristic wise. But Bill, oh man, I had like a field day just Bill. It was so funny because we went to the party, and everyone was like, "Oh, are you?" Everyone's looking at Lou, and they're like, "Oh, are you supposed to be Bill?" That's so funny. And then everyone's like, "Who are you supposed to be?" And they look at me, <laughs> some nobody, some guy dressed as Bill. Oh, I guess uh, that's a. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I guess that answers my other question of uh, Bill would it, or Lewis. Do you think you'd be more mad at Bill doing you? And apparently, no. Be more mad at you. Bill doesn't do as good me. a job. Yeah, I, I think you would be the one to nail it if you played me. Oh man. Oh no! It's, I'm it's telling you, it. it'd be that's, great. UFO hanging around. I saw a UFO. All right, we're getting off track. Yeah, we're getting off track. So, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Podcatcher, your Podcatcher of choice. We are there. Uh, YouTube, uh, wherever you want to listen, uh, we are um, available. Uh, so don't be afraid to subscribe. Tell your friends, neighbors, neighbors, pets, anybody who might like this sort of thing. Um, you got your own archival. You got your own Arlong. Go, like, you go know, tell you got their phone. Yeah, go tell them. You know, the, the go steal their phone, download the pocket. They'll never be able to un- undo it. I promise you. I promise yeah, I, you. It's. I have a little Easter egg, actually. Uh, so, you know, it's Father's Day. I called my parents earlier. Uh, talked to my mom for the first time in a little bit. And I, I was telling my mom and my dad, I was like, oh, because they're like, what are you doing later? I was like, oh, I, I started a podcast. I'm recording, which I, I, I guess I, I haven't told them that we're doing this podcast. And they're like, oh, great. Where can we listen to it? What's it about? And I was like, it's about One Piece. And they're like, what? And I was like, you know, that anime I'm always talking about. And they're like, uh, oh. okay. Like, <laughs> they're like, we're not. That's nice, sweetie. <laughs> Every single yeah. time I tell my dad uh, about a podcast we're listening to. It's, and 
when he does, he he uh, like you know he does. They do the parent thing, or is like, well, Lewis has a better microphone than you. He sounds better on the podcast, which is never true. And well, I, I mean, as it, noticeably, he does not mention about the content of the podcast at all. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got it lucky anytime i tell my parents like hey i'm doing a podcast I, my mom just like asked me like when am i gonna have grandkids when am i gonna have grandkids you do have grandkids <laughs> not enough, mom uh but uh yeah no it's a, go just tell your mom mom go download this like this thing let me walk you through it see how frustrating that is but Man, that's a whole nother view we get. Worth it. Worth it. Um, but uh, yeah, anything that you guys could do to uh, pro, like you know, as, as listeners, if you like this, please subscribe, rate us on uh, like you know, you like I said, your podcaster, podcatcher of choice. Um, but I want to come up. I, I have a new outro I want to try out. So guys, get ready for it. Until oh, next. Until next time, remember, when Shanks says no, see you guys next week.